Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome back to another episode of Talking Out Loud, released Monday, February 15th, to preview UD against URI, and we brought on our friend Dave Ascoli at Roadie Rampage to do it. All right, before we get into the episode, quick announcement. I reformatted my laptop and then did not realize that I didn't change the settings back, so while my audio sounds great right now, and absolutely fantastic. The audio in this episode from my end will sound like absolute trash. I apologize. I didn't realize it until after the episode was done. Okay, sorry about that. Uh, next thing, this episode today is brought to you by our friend George at Mobile Used Car Inspections. Yes, that's right. If you need an automotive expert that you can trust, George at Mobile Used Car Inspections is your man. He's an ASE certified technician who specializes in pre-purchase inspections when you are buying a used vehicle and performs certified and IRS qualified automotive appraisals for all insurance and legal purposes. If your car has been totaled, but your settlement seems too low, or if your car has been hit and now it has a bad Carfax report, if you're buying a used car, call George and he'll go to the car and check it out on site. Yes, if any of those predicaments resonate with you, you call George. If you have any automotive questions whatsoever, call him. He's happy to provide free advice to all Flyer fans at any time. Email him, info at mobileinspections.com. Yes, info at mobileinspections.com. That's where you'll find George, and he brings you the episode that starts right now. Get a shot up at the buzzer. It's good. Brooks Hall. The place hits it at the buzzer. The Dayton Flyers. And the Dayton Flyers. And Sanford. Grant on the way. Out. No. One of the great college basketball venues in the nation. UD Arena. This is Talking Out Loud, the number one podcast in the Atlantic 10 and among Dayton Flyers basketball fans everywhere. The only podcast on the internet consistently reminding you to wear red and be loud. Welcome back to Talking Out Loud. It is ABC Week, brought to you by Lee's Chicken. Happy to have you on board for another rousing hour of Dayton Flyers basketball talk. I'm your host, Sully, joined as I often am by my co-host, Drew. Drew, do you feel refreshed and rejuvenated without a weekend of Dayton Flyers basketball? Well, fresh and rejuvenated isn't the terminology I would use since I celebrated my brother's 30th birthday last night. But okay. was it a relief not having to worry about watching Dayton basketball over the weekend? Yes. 
Uh, we're recording tonight, uh, February 14th, Sunday evening, releasing to you on Monday morning, the 15th. So we're happy to have you along for the ride. Uh, to close out the uh, the threesome this evening, uh, we have our buddy, longtime, day one uh, fan of the podcast and the Blackburn reviews, going all the way back to our roots. Uh, it's the Roadie Rampage. He also goes by Dave. Dave, what's going on today, man? How's Sunday evening treating you uh, on the East Coast? Uh, it's not bad at all. How are you guys doing? Man, it's uh, it's it's really brutal in Chicago right now, and I know Ohio's getting a lot of this too, where it's just it's cold and it's miserable and it's frozen, and then we get snow when we think that it's going to get better, and then every time I think it's going to get better, we get a little bit more snow. Um, but like we said, Dave, I feel rejuvenated. We had no Dayton Flyers basketball this weekend. We we're supposed to play St. Joe's. That's a lose-lose for everybody. There's no goodwill to be gained by beating St. Joe's. They're absolutely a deplorable basketball team. And so the gods, the basketball gods that beat, they, they shine down on us, and they said, we will postpone this game. There were positive tests within the St. Joe's program. And here we are. Monday morning, we're ready to go. We got Dayton URI coming up here on Tuesday evening. I believe tip time is 7 o'clock Eastern. Dave, I want to start the show tonight where I started with Stone Freeman. And uh, I, I really like this, how we play URI twice a year, because I get to have Stone on. He's a great young broadcaster. And I get to have you on, who's been with us since day one. And, um, and it's nice because I get to have different perspectives with the URI fan base. And I think that we uh, have played enough over the years that uh, our fans should care what URI fans are like, right? But my question to you tonight opening the cast was the exact same question I opened the cast with Stone. Is UD URI a rivalry? Your thoughts? Hmm, that's a good one. Um, I know, it's a tough question. I think it gets harder to answer every year at this point. So my initial answer was no. That was just right off the bat, no popped into my head. But now that I've had four seconds to think about it, uh, um, <laughs> there are two teams that are generally in the – uh, this year, notwithstanding, top tier of the A10, along with VCU and and Bonaventure, most years uh, Davidson. So, you know, we we this group of fans, we're the group of fans that looks down on the LaSalles and the St. Joes and the Fordhams of the A10. <laughs> we have that in common. We, yeah. we know we're a cut above those teams. So. Um, Sorry to bring up LaSalle and, and Fordham, but... Um, <laughs> yeah, it's still, still fresh. It really is. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't hate Dayton. I don't, like, I, I like beating Dayton like I like beating anybody. But, um, yeah, I'd say there's a certain amount of rivalry in there in terms of competing for that double by the top four seeds every year. Um, yeah, you, I guess you could call it a rivalry. I, Drew, so, you weren't on the cast, so I, I, you know, when I was with Stone, you weren't on the cast, so I was very interested to get your thoughts on this as well. So I don't consider it a rivalry game. The thing, but he is Dave's correct when he talks about how we are both among the top tier programs in the conference. So it seems like we've got really good teams playing each other like all the time. Again, this year notwithstanding, but mm-hmm. in the past, and I just don't hold that animosity against Rhode Island fans like I did for Xavier, like I do for VCU now. Um, even salute to a degree. Like I just don't have that. It just feels like, you know, we play twice a year. They're usually good games. It's like a really good NFL game where it's two really good teams from different divisions playing each other. You know it's going to be highly contested. You know you're going to get a good contest out of it. But that built-in animosity that you get in, say, like a divisional game, I just don't think is there. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, but I really think that that comes down to the fact that Rhode Island has their own rivals built in, and Dayton has always kind of had ones as well. Um, it's kind of the same thing as VCU and like Richmond, right? Because no matter how much of a rivalry VCU and Richmond is, VCU and UR will always be the biggest game on the slate that year, you know, for various reasons, and most of it being proximity and geography, of course. But to, to the point, guys, and this is what I brought up to, to Stone a few weeks ago, was that all you need to make it a rivalry is a lot of good games year over year. And then, you know, that intensity builds. And then when games matter, they build. And, I mean, we're going on about seven seasons now of having important games with Rhode Island. Now, we all said it this year is, you know, we kind of have to take it for what it is. 
Um, this contest coming here for on Tuesday night isn't as important as a lot of the other ones have been. But, I mean, you look down the slate at the last seven seasons of Rhode Island, 13 wins, 13 wins, 15 wins, 13 wins. That's four out of the seven. And then those other two seasons, they were nine and nine. And this year, they'll probably end up somewhere around 500 as well. So, I don't know. I mean, the more I think about it, I think it's the kind of the perfect rivalry in the A-10 because, just like you said, there's not a lot of animosity, but we played a lot of important games over the years. So that's kind of where I stand on it. And I think that it's going to get stronger moving forward because, Dave, correct me if I'm wrong, but it does seem like the URI program have re- has reached a point of stability now, right? I sure hope so. Um I think if you asked the URI fans, they'd give uh, maybe a different answer to that. There's a lot of, um, you know, concern about has the momentum that Dan Hurley built here, has it been lost Um, with, I mean, URI was certainly going to the postseason last year, probably not the NCAAs. They were probably going to the NIT, but, but no postseason in David Cox's first year and certainly no postseason this year. So, um, that's coming after two straight NCAA tournament, uh, not only berths, but wins, uh, in Hurley's final two years. So, you know, I, I hope that they, you know, return to form a little bit. And, and certainly this year with everything that's going on with the program and the NCAAs in general, um, is not a normal year. So I'm inclined to almost throw it out, but, Hopefully they can, you know, return back to a more stable situation with David Cox running the show. I don't know. I like. I guess I'm of the opinion right now that from the outside looking in, it sure does seem like Rhode Island has kind of righted the ship. And and what I mean by that for listeners is that you know when you get a new coach, there's a lot of um, rebuilding that needs to be done. If a coach comes in doesn't necessarily like the personnel, that has to be cleaned out over a year or two. Um, and, you know, URI did the smart thing where they, they hired internally. They got one of their guys. Um, and, you know, I, I thought that Rhode Island certainly had a pretty good year, too, especially compared to what Dayton had in year two. And now it does feel like this year you took a step back, but there's reasons for that. I mean, there were so many transfers, so much roster turnover. Um, I think that if I'm a Rhode Island fan, next year is going to loom a lot more important than this year. Am I, am I wrong in saying that? How do you feel? Absolutely. Absolutely. I've been kind of saying that um, for the last week or two, ever since I, I finally kind of gave up on this season. <laughs> Everybody has said that moment. Year is the big year. Um, next year is the year that they don't have Fats Russell, uh, who, you know, is is playing hurt this year, continues to be a focal point of their offense, which is which is really hurting them. Um but, but he'll be gone. So they kind of get to rebuild a new offense, so to speak, because everything revolves around him. Um, and especially since teams are honing in on him like crazy, he is the guy at the top of every scouting report every year. Uh, so when he's gone, it's going to give Cox a chance to build a new offense, whether it be around the Mitchell twins who have um, – and uh, Makai Mitchell is hurt. Uh, they lost him earlier in the year, but Mikel Mitchell has been uh, forced down low, or they could build around Ishmael Leggett, who's a very strong uh, freshman guard. So there's a lot of different ways they can go, and they certainly have the pieces. And I, I definitely do think with all the new faces, as you mentioned, they need like a full non-pandemic offseason to really dive into this and figure it out. So Dave, we... We talked about how both of our seasons are probably done in terms of you know going to the postseason, and by postseason we mean the NCAA tournament. So Meaningful now you, you're getting into the late portion of the schedule where these games on a, a season level are, are meaningless in terms of getting to the tournament. But what are you going into these Rhode Island games like? What are you watching for? What's getting you to come back? What's like what's something you are you've been watching a little more closely now that you can view the season from a different lens? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at guys that I know that are going to be back next year, um, especially uh, the the two guys that I think are, are the best of that bunch um, in Ishmael Leggett and Mikel Mitchell. Um, and, 
you know, Mikkel Mitchell and Makai Mitchell are twins and they have the exact same game. So every time I see Mikkel do something, I'm like, wow, we got two guys that could do that. So <laughs> their games are so similar. Uh, and he'll be back uh, full full speed next year. So uh, he had knee surgery, I think, back in December or something. But um, so, yeah, those are the three guys I'm looking at. And I'm also... You know, I, I mentioned David Cox b- before, but I'm looking for some some tangible coaching improvements. There have been some uh, some questionable coaching decisions, rotations, uh, whatever you want to call it, all the above that uh, I would love to see some improvement on, and maybe you know, maybe he just needs a new roster that's kind of all his guys next year t- to install that, but. Um, you know, that, that's one thing I'm looking at as well. Yeah. You guys are going to be like the new Nevada. Remember they had the Martin twins. That was like their, their claim to fame. And I think that's going to be you guys now, right? You know, like have the twins. That's going to be like your storyline every year. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, in the limited amount of time we saw both those guys, um, on the floor, they were very rarely on the floor at the same time. It probably happened a handful of times, but you know, you, you take one guy out and you put another guy in. It's like having one guy that can play forty minutes and commit ten fouls. It's that's <laughs> crazy. Um, so yeah, once they're both back full, uh, fully healthy, you know, I think that's going to be big because you or I. Um, you know, they had Cyril Langevin, who was tough, but this is one of the best, you know, big presences that they've had in a while. And I know, um, I know Jordy Shimunga really frustrated the hell out of Mikel Mitchell the first time they played. Um, and, but when Jordy went out and Mikel was on the floor, that's when he would just really went nuts. So, yeah. um, you know, I think he could, uh, I'm talking about it like it's one guy. I think they could uh, <laughs> Two of them. be, be uh, some of the better uh, big men in the A10 going forward. Yeah, and that's what you always look for in seasons like this, right? Is like, where where are we headed? What are we doing moving forward? What's next year look like? And you, you always know the, the makeup of a, a mediocre A10 team because right around this time in February, you're like, all right, what does next year look like? Because, you know, as a fan, you just kind of want hope. Like, what does the hope look like for us down the road? Um, so, other question I had in my mind, Dave, and you know the roadie program as well as anybody, is that Fats Russell has had kind of an interesting career um, for URI. And, and what I mean by that, for our listeners that maybe don't know, um, he was a, a nice little freshman piece of the puzzle for that team that went 15-3, and three, won the A-10 in 2018. Um, I think that year he might have chipped in, like, six or seven points a night, something like that. Um, And then sophomore year, he like actively hurt the Rams with how bad he was from the three-point line. Junior year, he turned it back on, and he was like a very productive guard last year. And this year, like you said, he's been playing hurt, but when he does play, he he still kind of gives you that explosive nature. It's kind of a weird career because he kind of started with such a great team as a freshman and now he's going to kind of just fade into the black um, as a college basketball player in the senior year. But in your mind, he's had, a, he's had a really good career from where I'm sitting. But in your mind, Dave, where does he sit all time with like the great guards in URI history? Because I don't know. I, I guess there's a case to be made for him being towards the top. And there's certainly a case for him to a case to be made for him to kind of be in the, I don't know, 10, 15 kind of level. So where, where, where do you see Fats' career in the whole pantheon of Rhode Island basketball? Yeah, so to kind of give my view of his whole career, uh, I think he was a super important piece his freshman year. He was a spark plug off the bench uh, with a ton of energy. The the showdown, which I think we talked before we came on, um, when they played Oklahoma in the NCAA tournament, that was Fats' freshman year. Him going head-to-head with Trey Young, who's now one of the best guards in the NBA, and really you know, not matching him in terms of a scoring perspective, but matching him in terms of energy and big shots. I mean, that was just a tremendous effort in that game and really that whole season for him. Um, And then his sophomore year, he kind of went from being, okay, you're not like this plug and play guy, microwave off the bench. You're the guy or one of the guys. And I I think he really struggled with that kind of transition. And then last year was clearly the best year of his career. Um, you know, first team all A10. I think he was 
uh, the second highest rated player in Ken Palm in the conference behind Obi, of course. Um, and then, uh, and then this year it's, it's injuries, it's new faces. It's I'm a point guard and I'm passing to four other guys. There are three other guys that I've never played with before <laughs> this yeah. year. So, um, you know, I, I really feel bad for him because I really wish he could go out on top a little bit more. Uh, it, even if the team's not that good, just, you know, personal accomplishments. But, you know, he's he's breaking program records. He's two steals away uh, from the all-time uh, steals record in URI history, which every broadcaster has been mentioning since December. Every well, game I watch. Storylines on these broadcasts at this point, Dave, all right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so – and you guys had a lot of good point guards. Tyson Wheeler uh, was a tremendous point guard. Uh, Silk Owens was a tremendous point guard in the eighties. I know Stone Freeman's better at history than I am, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna try to uh, step on his toes because he could talk way more about this than I could. But um, but yeah, I, I think he's got to be in terms of point guards and not guards overall top five. Yeah, that's that's interesting to hear because like we always start to do that and. Um... You know, kind of funny, and the reason I asked you is because we're kind of having the same discussions right now about Jalen Crutcher and Dayton Land. And um, Drew, I, I don't know. I, I guess as I'm I'm asking Dave and hearing him talking about Fats Russell and you know top five guard in Rhode Island history, I really think that that's probably where he lands. Um, and again, Dave, I asked you because in Dayton Land, it's like is Jalen Crutcher one of the best guards we've ever had? And Drew, I I think like as we're getting towards the end of the season looking at all of his numbers, you know, were they aided by Obi a little bit? Yeah, sure. But it's hard to, to say that Jalen Crutcher isn't the best guard we've ever had here at Dayton now, right? I mean, he's averaging 18.7 a game, almost five assists on 50% shooting, almost 40% from the line and 76 or from three and 76% from the line. Like if we didn't know what our record was or, um, like, if you just put those numbers in front of me, I'm like, oh, yeah, Jalen's having uh, an amazing year. So, yes, I've I've long stood on this that Jalen is one of the best point guards to ever come through Dayton. But it is kind of funny. We're, we're sitting here talking about it, and you asked Dave about fats and all this, and it kind of just re- – I just kind of hit me, is that Dayton and Rhode Island are basically the same team this season. They are. They really are. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I just kind of, like, put that together where it's, it's kind of a mishmash of new guys and old – You've got a like a, a pretty ball dominant point guard who's highly regarded in the the history of your your athletic program. Turn the ball and, over a lot. Uh, there you go, and it's just it all just kind of hit me like a ton of bricks. There is that like Dayton and Rhode Island really are kind of having the same exact season. Yeah, I would say that the only thing really, Dave, that separates our teams is that Rhode Island is not reliant on the three. And Dayton lives and dies by the three. Um, that, that's kind of what I see. But I'll, I'll let's let's go this route, Dave. So when I had Stone on, I asked him about uh, the Rhode Island team, you know, and he said, "Yeah, oh, they're they're a pretty decent team defensively. They're not great." He's like, "They don't rely on the three. He said, "Fats Russell's going to score a lot. If he's not scoring a lot, we're going to have trouble winning games. It's like we're going to turn the ball over a lot." And, uh, you know, we, we've had trouble holding leads. And as he's rattling these things off, I'm like, all of these things check the boxes of Dayton. You know, they're, they're kind of sloppy offensively. They rely on a couple of guys to get the offense going. And then when I look at the metrics and, and the numbers, um, you know, in the net right now, Dayton's 89. And Rhode Island's right there with them. They're 87. So, it kind of does make sense you know, on paper when we get down to it. These teams are very similar, but even statistically in the net in Ken Palm, we're just, we're kind of right there with each other. I mean, is that how you've seen the team this season as well? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, I don't think URI matches up with Dayton particularly well. Um, but uh, so that aside, head to head aside, I, I do think they're very similar. You know, they've been kind of, um, you know, around the same spot in the standings, although URI has lost four straight, so they've definitely dipped a little bit there. But um, yeah, I yeah. actually didn't know this for my listeners. Rhode Island has not won since you played us. So it's it's been a while now, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I Russell 
Uh, Fats was hurt in that game. He missed the next game, I believe. He missed the VCU game, yes. Uh, he came off the bench for the UMass game. And uh, St. Louis game, I mean, he was close to 100%, like as, as close as he's been all year, which is probably 80%. Um, but you know, things didn't go well then either. (laughs) Do you know the direction that Rhode Island's going to take here at the end of the season? Cause as I'm looking at the schedule for listeners that don't know, um, you know, we're recording this again on the 14th of February, Rhode Island only has two more games left on the schedule. They have Tuesday against Dayton. And then their last game is Tuesday, March 2nd against St. Joe's. I don't know why that game would even be played, but have you heard anything from URI's side about how they're going to handle this down the stretch? Because I can't imagine they're just going to play these two games and hang it up, right? Yeah, no, uh, I don't think so. I, they had uh, they had Davidson on the schedule uh, yesterday, um, Saturday, which was postponed. Uh, postponed game against GW. Um they actually had two games after Dayton and before St. Joe's on the schedule, the Fordham game and uh, what was the other one that moved up? Mason maybe or UMass. Sorry, there was a UMass game that got moved up. Uh, so they have certainly an opportunity to make up games if the A-10 wants to do that. I've heard nothing about that. I just know that that's kind of a window now that, that exists. Um, you know, they'll, they'll certainly be playing in the A-10 tournament and hoping to avoid the pillow fight, which, which I think they will. So they'll be playing probably starting on Thursday. Um, but yeah, I mean, that that's going to be it. I can't imagine them doing much in the A-10 tournament. No, that, that's kind of where we are in Dayton land. It's like, I, I think Dayton maybe has the juice to get to Saturday, but they're going to rely on like six guys to take them through the weekend. And I just don't see that translating into tangible success especially when you need Jalen Crutcher to go for 20 a night. I mean, he's great, and and he just can't do it all by himself. Um, So, you know, that's what it lends itself here is that these last couple weeks we're just kind of enjoying the games that are on uh, for for betters, you know. They're good for betters and all that. Um, And I certainly probably will lose some more money on Dayton as we come down the stretch here. But um, perfect time to break it up, Drew. We're going to get right into trivia, so play the music. Tonight's trivia question has to do with URI head-to-head against opponents. So uh, the game on Tuesday night will be the 39th meeting between the Dayton Flyers and the Rams of Rhode Island. Uh, Right now, URI is 17-21 against Dayton, so a four-game advantage for the Flyers. My question to Dave, and sure, I'll pass it to Drew as well. There's only two programs that have played at URI more than 100 times. What are the two programs? Dave, you can go first. Are these A-10 programs or programs overall? I don't know if I want to give you that hint, Dave. I'm going to let you feel around in the dark for a minute here. Okay, so one of them is Brown. Um, and whew, it's between three. Um and I don't want to tell you the three. Uh, all, <laughs> oh, see, I, I, I knew it was one of them. Um, I'm say, You've already given me one with Brown because I wouldn't have gotten yeah, that. So. There's no way yeah. you would have got Brown. Yes, you helped yeah. me out there. I'm going to say the University of Connecticut. Drew, do you have a guess? Uh, Providence is the only one that comes to mind. That, so that, was, that was on the list of three, and then the other one I had was UMass. That, so UMass is correct. So in Rhode Island's history, they've played two programs over 100 times. They are Brown. They're 74 and 31 against Brown. And UMass is number one, 124 wow. games against UMass. And your record is fucking pitiful, Dave. You guys are 45 and 79 against UMass? What in the hell is that about? Jesus. Well, I mean, uh, my, my dad always talks about uh, watching – uh, Dr. J just completely oh, yeah, right. roll UMass uh, URI rather. Um, so the, those games are certainly in there. The Marcus Camby games are certainly in there. Um, yeah, it, it hasn't it hasn't been good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, for uh, for the younger listeners that may not know, so uh, UMass and Rhode Island are actually founding members of the A10. So when I looked this up for trivia tonight, it made a whole lot of sense to me. Um, why they had played the most times. So when um, I'm going to go down history lane here, because I like doing this. We have a younger crowd too. 
So uh, before the A-10 was formed, it was the Eastern Athletic Association, basically is where they took their teams from. And in that Eastern Athletic Association, I believe it existed for like three or four years in the late 70s, early 80s. Um, that was the advent of the first A-10. And the A-10 teams that were in that that still exist are UMass, Rhode Island, Duquesne, George Washington, and St. Bonaventure. So it's some additional trivia for you guys tonight. The other three teams are Pittsburgh, Rutgers, and West Virginia, who would eventually jump ship, obviously, to go to, um, uh, to, go to the Big East. Um, and, and you know what, guys? This is actually decent trivia as well. So I just listed off those programs. There's one other school in the A-10 that I always forget started in the A-10, sorry. Um, and they're on the East Coast, okay? So I mentioned that there's Rutgers, St. Joe's Temple, UMass, Rhode Island. West Virginia, Bonaventure, Duquesne, and George Washington. Okay, that was the first year of the A-10. Can you guys tell me the one program I left out? And the hint is they're a Big Ten school now. Is it Maryland? It is not. Is it Rutgers? Rutgers, I mentioned at the top of the teams. They oh, were in the first year. But sorry. it's Penn State, actually. That's, wow, that's one of the weirdest know. ones to me. Yeah, yeah I would not have, would not have guessed them. Penn State was in the A-10 conference for like, I want to say like five years. Um, they were in the so Big East is, for a cup of coffee too. They they uh, they were they bounced around for a while because um, if you recall, Penn State football was an independent for a long time. So yeah, Penn State was in the Atlantic 10 conference until 1991. And then they joined up with football to go to the Big Ten in uh, early 1992. So double dip for you guys doing trivia tonight. All right, boys, let's get on to the game we got coming up here on Tuesday. We got no line out right now, but when the line does come out, it looks like it's going to be a URI four-point favorite uh, over the Dayton Flyers. Drew, what kind of color do you want to add to this matchup here on Tuesday night, and and who do you think comes out on top? Well, uh, that would be interesting. Rhodey being a four-point favorite, that would be interesting. Um, Fats Russell in the first game obviously was playing hurt. Uh, as Dave said, he was one of six, uh, one of four from three, made one free throw. Um, didn't turn the ball over at all, but he only had four points. Wasn't very effective. Uh, Mitchell had 12. So I'm looking at Mitchell. He He's the X factor here in this game, I think. Uh, Dave mentioned how Jordy gave him some trouble, so this could be a big opportunity for Jordy. Uh, but if Mitchell gets, starts having his way, uh, I think Rhodey puts himself in a good position, but ultimately – I think Crutcher brings. I think Crutcher brings the A game tomorrow. He always seems to get up whenever he sees Fats Russell on the other side of the court. Uh, so I'm going to take Dayton by three. Yeah, Dave. What do you think's the the recipe for success for uh, URI on Tuesday night? Like, what, what what do they have to do to get the job done? Um, you know, I definitely think they're going to need something from Russell. He he actually got off to a decent start in uh, the first time. I mean, everyone did. That first half uh, against Dayton was one of the best first halves URI has played all year, or halves in general. Um, But Russell, I I think he he actually, on a made three, landed awkwardly and kind of didn't really play for the rest of the game. He only played 19 minutes, uh, which is way on the tail. He's usually at 36, 38, so that's way on the tail end for him. you know, he, he's going to need to play well. He doesn't need to score 20 for them to win. Um, I, I think a lot of their secondary players, uh, like Jeremy Shepard, who isn't really a secondary player, but guys like uh, Malik Martin, uh, Antoine Walker, Trand, Alan Trand, um, and certainly Ishmael Leggett, who I'll, you know, I want to buy his jersey and get his name tattooed on me. He's like my new... He's the new guy. He's the new face of this team. Um, new backup quarterback kind of guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, if they can get some of those guys going um, and really kind of shorten their rotation, yeah, I know that's something that David Cox has been talking about. I think fans really want to see it. There are, are some guys that really aren't that playable right now that are still logging 15 minutes a game. I'm just looking at this box score. Um, I don't want to call it any names, but there's a couple guys that play double digit minutes that I would prefer to play. Uh, we do zero. that all the time. Don't worry, Dave. Yeah. It's a safe space here. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't think URI is going to win this game. I think they're kind of in a tailspin right now. Uh, maybe this weekend off will kind of rejuvenate them. Maybe, get Fats Russell some rest because Lord knows he needs it. Um, 
Uh, I'm also noticing they had one steal that entire game against uh, Dayton the first time they That's played. That's not good. That's not good because we turn the ball over a lot. So if you're not turning Dayton over, like you're doing something wrong. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. For for context, Dayton only turned the ball over nine times in the first matchup against Rhode Island. Yeah. That's not good. That's not good against us, yeah. man. <laughs> um, it, was, it was Russell who always gets a steal, so really nothing from anyone else. And like I said, he only played 19 minutes, so. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I don't like URI in this one. Um, you know, they're at home. Maybe that helps. It doesn't seem to this year with no fans. But you know, I, I like Dayton by eight. Yeah. What is uh, the what's been going on in Rhode Island COVID wise? Have they let anybody in the Ryan Center? Or has it been like friends and family type of thing? No, they've been letting nobody in. Um, they okay. actually didn't start allowing media in until like a month ago. So, uh, like the Bill Koch, who's one of the beat reporters, was watching the games like I was watching them, like on his couch on TV, and kind of reporting from there. And then welcome to my world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> so we do. Okay. Yeah, and he was still doing great. I'm like, this job's easy. Come on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's why we make a good um, living over here. Yeah. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, no, no fans, no nothing. Uh, this is supposedly senior night since they don't technically have any home game schedule left so this is uh assuming they don't come back next year with the extended covid year this is fats russell's last home game and, and jeremy shepherd's last home game as well wow. so wow um, that's so, yeah, so maybe that sparks some lights of fire uh maybe it doesn't but yeah i just don't I, I don't like the way they match up against this team uh that they shut crutcher down in the first half last time which i was shocked by um, but when the game ended and I looked at his line, I was like, yeah, I mean, it was a big second half, but overall over, you know, an entire game, this is kind of what I expect from him. So he got where he, he usually gets. So, um, yeah, that's kind of been the story of the season to be quite honest yeah. with you. Um, shifting it a little bit to the A-10, David, as we're wrapping up in case you missed it on the, the front of the podcast, we're talking to Dave Ascola. He runs the at roadie rampage, um, Twitter page, and you guys are on what the fan sided network, Dave? Is that right? Yeah, I write for a site called Busting Brackets. I used to, um, Brackets, yeah, yeah. I used to, Roadie Rampage used to have its own site, but, um, I have a kid now, so it's just, it, it was just impossible <laughs> to crank out the, the kind of volume that they needed. So I, I'm yeah. down to my, I am writing the, the URI Dayton preview, so that should be up tomorrow too. But, um, there you go. We'll retweet that for you. We're always good for a retweet. And then, you know what? That's the funny thing, man, is that, when we get to this portion of the season, and Drew will attest to this, in our group chat for the Blackburn Review, it's always like, does someone want to write a recap? And then the game gets played, and then we're all like, I, I can't do it. I can't do it. And, and like this week was a perfect example where we're in the group chat, and I was like, I'm ready to write, okay? I'm going to get on there, and I'm going to write about the VCU game. And then we lose the VCU again, and then right afterwards on Wednesday morning, they were like, the Joe's games cancel for the weekend. No games until Tuesday. And those are just the moments where you're just really honest with yourself as a human being where you're like, does anybody even care if I write this article or not? And I'm like, no, they don't. Like, I'm just going to take the weekend off, clear my head and get back to it. I mean, I love the site. I love doing the show. I love radio. I love writing about the flyers, but these are just the years that are kind of trying on you and, I, you know, we've all had to come to terms with it in our own separate way. In my way, has just kind of been saying to fans that we did have a lot of stuff that went against Dayton this year. And without making excuses for Anthony Grant and, like, everything that's happened with UD um, on the court, like blunders against Davidson, not calling timeouts, this, out of the other thing. The real story of Dayton is that they kind of just kept having things go against them. It's like when the season started, Dwayne Cohill went out with an ACL injury. Chase Johnson finally was a good piece of the lineup, and he left school in December. Then they had a bunch of guys that were declared eligible at the final hour, and they're jumping into the mix. And then they didn't really get gelled enough in time to beat Fordham in, in you know the beginning of January. And before you know it, it's like the season's over. And so this year is just kind of so weird, and um, I've chalked it up to some bad circumstances, but certainly I don't like to make excuses for the program. I think they're – it should have been a little bit better than this, but here we are. Um, boys, the roundtable question I had to, to wrap it up tonight was had to do with the A-10 conference. 
Jareep, you know it as well as Dave and I. Where do you see the A-10 conference landing with NCAA tournament bids here uh, coming down the stretch? Because I am pretty sure, I'm pretty sure we're going to end up with two bids and then someone will have to steal that third one in the A-10 tournament in Richmond. Yep, I'm with you. I, I, I got us at two bid lock, uh, three mo- three at the most, and that's if uh, VCU or bon- uh, Bonaventure do not win the A-10 tournament uh, and someone else does. I think... Bonaventure and VCU, if they keep doing what they're doing, I think they're going to be pretty solidly in. I would be shocked if either of them were left out. Uh, and in terms of teams who I think could steal that third bid, uh, Richmond, Richmond's there. They can get they can get it together. St. Louis yeah. as well. Um, you know, can Trey Mitchell like take over for an entire weekend? Maybe, maybe not. But I don't think that's one. You, it's unlikely, but it's one I wouldn't rule out. Uh, Dayton, no. Yeah, um, I think I think this ship sailed. Yep. Believing that Rhode Island probably <laughs> not Fordham. They just ended their season, so no. Um, so yeah, I'm with you. Uh, two bids, I think three at the most. If uh, one of those aforementioned teams steals it, yeah, I don't like the thing is about UMass. Like they're seven and four. <laughs> you know, right. they don't even have enough of a sample set to really look at, and they have losses to Bryant, George Mason, and Northeastern. So it's like. Am I going to put any stock on them winning four in a row? Like, right, uh, yeah. They're the long shot for sure. I mean, I St. Louis so. and Richmond and, you know, maybe even Davidson to a degree. But UMass is definitely the the long shot there. Dave, gun to your head. Who do you have having their name called on uh, sun, Selection Sunday in a couple of weeks here out of the A-10? So I'm going to – I'll go glass half empty. I think it could only be one team. Really? Uh, really yeah. Um, you know – whether it be VC or Bonaventure, but, um, you know, all those teams, you look at, I know Lenardi's not the best, but, you know, I think he has Bonaventure last four in, uh, VCU with the auto bid, Bonaventure last four in, Richmond first four out, and um, St. Louis first four out. Yep. So, you know, th- there's a lot of teams teetering very, very close to the bubble. And if things don't break the right way and they continue – Oh, God, uh, I'm going to quote, quote Rothstein. Uh, if they continue to cannibalize, uh, if the conference continues to cannibalize themselves, you can cut that. Just cut that out. I don't want to. I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, but yeah, if, if they continue to just beat up on each other, um, it, it, could really, it could really be just whoever wins it. it provided it's VCU or Bonaventure that wins it, it could really just be that one team. Yeah, Bonaventure can't afford – a loss. They have three more games scheduled, and it's G Dub, it's Dayton, and it's Duquesne. They got to win all three. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I, I really feel that way as well. And, and you're right, Dave. I mean, it's not a crazy proposition to think that this could be a one bid league this year, just because we talked about this in December, and I feel like people kind of ignored it, or or maybe we weren't talking loud enough about it. But I mean, the A10 makes its butter, bread and butter on those opportunities in November and December to build your resume. And when those opportunities evaporated, we didn't really have as much as a, of a, as a conference to lay back on and say, hey, well, we beat this team, this team, and this team. And that's always how it is in the A-10 is you look back at the resume and you go, okay, as a conference, we knocked out five top 50 wins or whatever it is. And this year, it was like they were few and far between. I mean, I remember Richmond got a, a pretty decent win in non-con. Uh, well, what what we thought was a decent non-con win. Kentucky's not Boston. a good win this year. Sorry, but then, but then what did do them favors is they played on a neutral court against Loyola, and they beat them. And at the time, it didn't really look like a great win, but now Loyola's like top 15 in the net. They're top 10 in Ken Palm. So – there has been a couple of victories that have looked a little bit better on the schedule as we've gone down. Slew's the same way. They beat LSU. Uh, they lost a tight game to Minnesota, who's ended up being a pretty good team. Um, but again, I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of harping on this for listeners, is that these are the opportunities in November, December, where the conference can set themselves up for success now because these games, when you win them, they give you that cushion in January, February to say, okay, yeah, we did lose to VC or we did lose to uh, LaSalle or we lost to George Mason, but we had a couple of wins early in the season. 
um, that gave us the cushion to allow us to, to lose those games without being detrimental to the resume. So I think you're right. Um, one, one bid is certainly something that could happen. I'm right now going to say we get two bids if you had to hold me to it. And I think the chance exists that, that we could end up with three if someone sneaks through the tournament. Um, wrapping up with, uh, with David, the roadie rampage. And of course, Drew guys, we always get to final thoughts and, um, it's ABC week presented by Lee's chicken. But before we get to the St. Louis game on Friday night, um, we had to do the Rhode Island game on Tuesday night. So Drew kick us off final thoughts for the evening. Nice short episode for the listeners. Yep. Nice short episode. Uh, we're starting to get towards the end. Everybody, it, it, the lights at the end of the tunnel. Um, so don't <laughs> yeah, really have too don't really have too much more to add. Looking forward to to watching uh, a mirror image play itself tomorrow night with the Flyers and the Rams of Rhode Island, and then of course you know the classic throw the record books out the window ABC round two uh, on yeah. a, for on a Friday night. And you know what? For as, for as bad as this uh, the season has been, I'm probably going to be getting up for that one. I, that's one I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna want to win. Yeah, because we have like the rare distinction now that we can totally spoil Slew's whole season on Friday night. Like that is what is at stake at UD Arena, and I, I'm really, I'm really pumped about it. Um, again, I'm rejuvenated, I'm refocused after the Flyers weekend off, and I'm ready to go this week. So there's two Flyers game Tuesday and Friday. These are my favorite weeks, Drew. I love when the Flyers play on Tuesday and Friday. Yeah, Tuesday, Friday is an elite time slot week. Yeah, I think that's that's really where I love it the most. So. All right, Dave, you get your final thoughts as well. Uh, that's that's what we afford to you as a guest on this fine award-winning podcast. Sure. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't have any thoughts on on your. I think I kind of emptied the tank there. Um, <laughs> We're towards the end. That's all I think about this team. <laughs> but I, but I, say, I have a couple a ten thoughts. One, um, and I'm I'm sure you guys will talk about this on on a future cast this week, but. Uh, Dayton St. Louis for me is just must see TV uh, for any A10 fan. Like I, I never miss any of those games. Those games are so fun. You open the pod asking if if you or I and and Dayton and Dayton were rivals. St. Louis and Dayton are rivals. They they absolutely are a hundred percent. And then my second thought was. Um, you know, kind of talking about. I'm not predicting a one bid league, but I will say going into Richmond. Any any team can be any team in this conference. I really truly yep. believe that. I mean, we saw Dayton lose to Fordham and then beat St. Louis. We saw, I mean, URI beat Bonaventure and then lost to uh, UMass twice. I mean, so it could it could get really crazy in Richmond. Um, I wish there were fans there for it, but um, you, you could really see a, a dark horse sneaking in. And if I were Anthony Grant or David Cox or Dave Paulson or whoever, I would just get my team in the locker room and uh, before the A10 tournament and say, "Listen, we can be anybody in this conference. We really can." And see what happens. Yeah, that's a, that's a great uh, closing thought, Dave. Is that this conference tournament is definitely turning into a "Why not us" type of tournament? Um, yeah, we, we saw what Dayton does against VCU. I think their chances of beating them are low. Dayton gets to see Rhode Island or um, Bonaventure here at the end of the month. Um, and, you know, we'll get to have a feel for them. But you're right. I do think that this is kind of an anybody's tournament. I think the VCU obviously is going to be the favorite. And I think St. Louis will have a lot to prove by the time we get there, if not playing for their life. But it is. It's going to be a very interesting tournament. And the A-10, as I've said a bunch of times on Twitter, is one of the conferences that absolutely has to have their conference tournament, not only for the competition of it, but they can't lose out uh, on the television revenue. So you will be seeing an A-10 conference tournament, uh, rain or shine. It's going to happen, I promise you, here on this cast. Um, That's going to do it for us tonight. I'm going to take you guys out. My final thoughts are just shameless self-promotion. Um, we are doing the Talking Out Loud pregame show, 6 o'clock for UD against URI. That's tomorrow night. We'll be broadcasting live at Tim's and as well on ESPN 1410 in Dayton. And then we'll be coming to you again Friday night, 6 o'clock. Same thing, Talking Out Loud live pregame show. Come and join us. We'll be talking some hoops, more trivia, all that good stuff. Uh, it's a full week, full of Dayton Flyers content. Tuesday night and Friday night we got games. First one coming up, 7 o'clock tip. 
uh, Tuesday night, Dayton against URI. And I know that uh, we did the cast because we're all going to be watching. So uh, until I catch you next time, next episode will be with the Slew Boys on Thursday morning. You know there are two rules. Drew, tell them what they are. Both rules. Wear red and be loud. Be loud. You heard him. Catch you next time. He came from somewhere back in how long ago. Sound about the fool don't see trying hard to recreate what had yet to be created. Once in her life, she musters a smile for his nostalgic Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards.